This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. Dude. That was an amazing story. You broke into my story. Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> Shut you the fuck up. You just said the same thing kind of happened to me at Dairy Queen. You didn't have to tell us about Doug's name. Do you, guys remember, do you guys remember that time I stabbed Kitty? So, and I'm not the best employee at David Busters. So I'm like, you guys do know this is just David Busters, right? Like, if I get fired, it's like not even going to be like any tears. <laughs> I can go get another shitty job anywhere. And he totally dislocated his shoulder. He was laying on the stage crying in front of this crowd. It was the best moment of my acting career. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. imagine this you're laying in your bed 13 years old and when you went to bed everything was just fine mom and dad were asleep in their room at the end of the hall your brother was in his bed across the hall from them asleep when suddenly you wake up in the middle of the night not because somebody was screaming not because somebody told you to you just had a feeling you look around your room and it's orange like a light has been turned on but it's not just orange it's a bright flickering orange that tells you something is very wrong Moments from there, you hear your dad yelling at your little brother saying, Get up! Get out of the house! You and Shane get out of here! The house is on fire! We gotta go! Your mom starts screaming, I just called 911! Something changed in the middle of the night, and we almost lost it all. Now, to find out why my room is orange, we go back to my dad being a huge wrestling fan. Which meant that me and my little brother were, by extension, huge wrestling fans. Every Saturday afternoon at 5.30, my dad would switch over to Superstation 17 and we'd watch the fishing show that came on right before pro wrestling. But at 6.05, it would come on and we'd watch guys like Ric Flair, the Rock and Roll Express, and Sting have their matches and talk smack. And almost always, we would have these afternoon viewing sessions that would break into impromptu matches with me and Steven taking on our old man. And these are some of the fondest memories we had. Steven jumping off the end of the couch with a flying knee into my dad's stomach while I had him in a headlock. And my dad's doing running commentary while he's letting his two boys beat him up. Through the years, no matter where we moved or what was going on, there were always a couple of constants in our lives. Going to church and pro wrestling. So when my brother found a box of wrestling magazines years and years after we'd started watching wrestling with dad, it made perfect sense that he would open it. Him and the kid who lived next door to us, we'll call him Jesse, were playing in the woods behind our house, and they come up on this big box overflowing with wrestling magazines. And because it had all the magazines, that meant that there would be pictures. And when you're a little kid, the only thing you want is stuff to hang on your wall so you can feel like an adult, like you have art in your room too. So Jesse and Steven start the task of splitting them up. I mean, they found the box together, so Jesse definitely wanted some of the wrestling posters for himself. So they're going back and forth, pulling pictures out, planning on putting these pictures in their rooms and making their rooms look awesome with all these wrestling pictures when they make a discovery. And when I say they make a discovery, I imagine it was like when Alexander Graham Bell made the first phone call, when Henry Ford perfected the engine, or when Dane Cook came up with that BK lounge bit. This was huge. My little brother at the time is seven years old and Jesse's like nine and they're going back and forth with the magazines and they move one of them out of the way, one of the furthest ones down in the box and they see the words, Hustler written in bold print at the top of the page. 
they dig a little bit deeper and realize this is a whole treasure trove of some of the raunchiest, my brother's words actually, porn that he had ever seen in the box. And it is stuffed in the rest of the box. That's all you can see is porn. Now, naturally, both of the boys, being too young to know what they're looking at, start digging and looking through the porn. They're throwing the wrestling magazines to the side like old toys they've outgrown, and they're pulling out book after book of early 90s, late 80s porn. And they're both going through it and having some of their first experiences with seeing a woman's boobs when kind of simultaneously they realize what this means. They found this box in the woods. They didn't have permission to be in said woods. In this box was some of the super dirtiest porn that either one of them had ever seen in their lives. In fact, they'd never seen porn, so to them, everything was nasty. And now they're both going through it. Jesse's still kind of going through the porn, looking through the different books and stuff like that, when Stephen realizes exactly what's about to happen. There's going to be great wrath and furious anger coming from our mom, the Sunday school teacher who quotes the Bible like some guys quote movies. And he says, we got to get rid of this. We got to get rid of this right now. Jesse looks over and says, don't worry, man. We'll just put the box back in the woods when we leave. We'll take a couple magazines with us. It'll be fine. Stephen's like, no, we have to get rid of this. Stephen's not even willing to consider the option. And without a word, he hops up and runs back to our house. When he reappears a couple minutes later, he's got a can of gas and a lighter in his hand. We don't want to use too much. My dad taught me that. And he pours out a little bit of gas on top of the porn, on top of the box. Jesse's like, seriously, man, you're going to burn all this? When Stephen says, my mom will kill you and me, and if they find this box and know we looked at it, she's going to tell your mom too. And as soon as he says this, Jesse goes, dude, we got to get rid of this box, man. So they light the lighter. And just as they think they can get the fire out, they start stomping it out when they actually start to burn through the magazines and stuff like that. It starts to spread to the woods. Now, next door, Jesse runs to his house and grabs a long-ass water hose before this little fire can become a raging inferno that engulfs the woods and our house and Jesse's house. And Stephen and Jesse both agree to never speak about the porn or the wrestling magazines again, and they look at their posters, take them back to the house, and they just go about their business. Well, Jesse was apparently not the most adept fireman, and apparently he had wet the ground, but the embers of the fire were still smoldering. And they sat dormant all day till that night at around 2 a.m. I woke up to find my room orange. The fire department had to come to our house, basically extinguish most of the woods and even the shrubs next to our house. The fire got very close to coming into my bedroom. We got very close to all dying in a fire in our house because of a little bit of porn. My brother carried an ass whooping and was never allowed to hang out with Jesse again, but he was able to keep the wrestling posters because at the end of the day, my dad might have been pissed that Stephen almost killed us all in a fire, might have been pissed he almost burned the entire house down, but it wasn't pro wrestling's fault. It was porn's fault. Hey guys, welcome back to a show that remembers when television commercials used to actually warn you to get your parents' permission before you use the internet or before you use the phone because you might get your ass busted. Or as we like to call it, now that I'm older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online, go to nowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And if you give to us, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter and Family. Now, Potter and Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Potter and Family, you're going to find our show as well as the Threads podcast, the Lesser Evils podcast, and the Now We're Drunk podcast. 
And this week on episode 194, we discuss lots of stuff, but we start out with a story about Kenny injuring an actor because he was mean to Kenny during his short-lived stage acting days, or how he got in his manager's face for yelling at him during his Dave and Buster's career, and then we close out the show with a story about how I once threatened my old manager because my check was no good at work, and I told her I was going to steal all the computers. So check it out. We'll be right back. Come get some. Because literally, like, by the time I was in eighth grade, I was already bigger than most adult men. I use that shit a lot. Like, my uncles and shit, all the way up until I was around 14, 15 years old, used to, like, push us around, like me and Steven, because we were little kids and shit. And one of my uncles, like, came along, and he started pushing my other uncles. Like, he'd push them back and shit like that, just, like, playing around. And they would get Bud Light drunk. And not, like... (laughs) Bud Light drunk is an awesome term. (laughs) So, so, I think it was my Uncle Steve... He was uh he was grabbing people and like grabbing their arm like this like you do the uh, thing like uh, Carl Weathers and fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger did where they grab hands and shit like that and Predator and they'd be real strong with each other and shit and like pull people back and forth and he was pulling people towards him he was yanking on them every time he'd do it and he went to grab my arm like that and I was about fifteen and I just kind of stood my ground and he was all he almost fell over because he tried to pull me over and shit and I was like uh, I dislocated an actor's arm in that same kind of scenario. You you, you, you know this actor. He was playing Dracula. Okay. He was uh he played a a, a government uh department head in our zombie. <laughs> <Is it> Gip. <laughs> yeah. So this oh, dude is a dick, guys. Like imagine a Kenny Powers esque actor, but he's an actor, not a baseball player. The guy who plays Kenny Powers. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Go it's ahead. Totally disrespectful not to know his name. He's from Stone Mountain, too. But anyway, the guy who plays Kenny Powers would be perfect to play Kip if we ever did a movie about our lives because he has the over-the-top, obnoxious guy down to a T. So anyway, Kip's uh, Dracula. You know, Bram Stoker's Dracula play I'm doing in the square. And I'm playing the rich dude, uh, Lord Ho- Lord Arthur Homewood or something. The I guy, forget. The I, guy that the guy from Men in Tights played. Carrie Ells, yeah. Yeah, Carrie Ells played him in the movie. He's the rich dude. He's a lord. Right, right. He's the one that ends up marrying the hot redhead before she turns into the undead. Which she was pretty hot before. Yeah, Never sure. mind. We're getting off track here. Go ahead. So I was the rich dude. So anyway, we're, there's a point where me. Kip the, is no Gary Oldman. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. Nobody's too. Gary Oldman. He was a decent actor, but he's very obnoxious. So Gary Oldman or Kip? Kip. I don't know if Gary Oldman's obnoxious or not. I've never met the man. I'm not going to cast shade at him. I, I'm quite honestly, I think I've heard a rumor that British people can't be obnoxious. I think, I think it's just, just British. I think, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> just British. Yeah, it's really obnoxious when the southern white guy does it there. So, <laughs> sir, sir. <laughs> so, so this guy is not Gary So there's Oldman. a scene where uh, we actually built these cool-ass crosses that uh, we actually had flint on the back of them, so, and we had a lighter tape to them. And there was a scene where we hold up these crosses, and he waves his hand, and we all strike our lighters. It makes the whole light, the whole cross go up in flames. Okay, it was a really cool effect. So we do that, and then some of us back down. You know, there was the Texan right, the guy right. who married the main character who played uh, Keanu Reeves played him, and Homewood. There's the three Jonathan guys. Jonathan Harker, and they're like the the muscle for the the, the professor guy. Ray right. was the professor. He was Van Helsing. Uh, Van Helsing, yes. yes. Ray was the Van Helsing. So I'm one of the guys that's supposed to hold my cross out, and he's supposed to storm over and knock it out of my hand. 
Well, he'd been being a dick all fucking day. <laughs> and this is actually our, uh, dr- our, our final run through. I can't remember what you call it. Dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. And we actually had a crowd. We, friends and family came out. So it was the last dress rehearsal. So we actually brought in people to watch. So here he comes and he'd been being a dick all day. And I was just about tired of this dude's shit. So he does the lighter effect and everything goes off well. Well, he gets to me where he's supposed to knock my cross out of my hand, and I just decide to stiffen up as hard. Because he's like, this dude's like into martial arts, and he's always telling everybody how he's like an 18th level black belt. He can beat up anybody. He's Chuck Norris, yada, yada, yada. Well, he goes to swing and knock that thing out of my hand, and I just stiffen up, and I'm a lot bigger than this guy. And I just stick my cross about two inches forward so that our wrist pop hit. And I knew he was going to be coming hard because he's over. He's a, he's an overdramatic actor. He's a, he's a method actor. And when he what did, he says. What, and just listen closely, fans. This is another way you can fuck people up. When I, right as the moment of impact came, I curled my fist. <laughs> so I basically hooked his wrist. And when he did it, I just, it's like a two-inch punch. You know what I'm talking about. Just, yeah. just enough force. And he totally dislocated his shoulder. <laughs> he was laying on the stage crying in front of this crowd. <laughs> It was the best moment of my acting career. I wanted to run out there and drop an elbow on him so bad. <laughs> my roommate at the time, his name's Jonathan. You've met him a couple of times. That's where I lived out, out this way back when we all still lived in Marietta. This is the guy whose mom you moved in with yeah, and yeah. had and, sex but with. But he planned it out. We, the whole plan was for us to take over the house. <laughs> it was more devious than all my other moms. It was like we had a... There was a strategy in place. I feel like that's a whole separate story, but it go is. ahead. But he was, me and him used to do wrestling moves. Like, and we were pretty good. Like we had the science of how not to hurt people down, like choke slamming, especially like he was really good about when you choke slam somebody before they hit the ground, they're holding your arm to break their fall. So a lot of times you just get a dead thud. Cause they're really only dropping like two inches from where your hand stops. You're not really throwing them on the floor at all. Right. You throw them and they hang from you to break the fall. Well, he was really good about slamming his feet first, like while I was still holding him. And that microsecond, people couldn't tell. So it really sounded, especially like on the stage, like I was just slamming the shit out of John. So we had like, and there I'd throw him up on walls because he would know how to jump. Like when I grabbed him by the shoulder lapels, he would jump. So it would look like I could just take Jonathan and throw him like five right, feet. Right, right. People who know how to like sell. We could, yeah, we could sell. That's basically it. Yes, we could sell. So everybody already thought it was bad, but then Kip thought, you know, they're never getting hurt. <laughs> so he threw that swing and I popped his arm and dude, he laid there and cried in front of all the- they had to usher the audience out of the theater. Show didn't go on. The show ended there. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And most everybody else is all, all sad. Beca- all because you decided to be salty about this guy being mean to you. Did he have to swing uh, like a fucking jackass? Did you claim it was an accident when you did it? No, <laughs> everybody hated him. So I totally claimed it. It's like, oh, learning you, motherfucker. Why are you always the equalizer in these situations? You remember when he was on the movie and he tried to say we could, he, he demanded we not be on the set. And I went and stood right beside him on the set. Same kind of thing. There's a whole separate show that we're going to do where we talk about our movie making career <laughs> because it's wide and varied. We, we started out with a madman. Let's put it this way. I don't take to bullying at. No, the first time this guy looked, I'm not even going down this path. We're going to stop right here on Kip and just move straight on. Uh, I, I just, there's a whole thing to get in with him. And there's definitely a truth to the fact that if you decide not to be a dick, then I won't have to be a dick. 
And I've had those moments happen. More I've than had one managers. Time. I've had to tell that I will beat their ass while they're talking to me because this job doesn't mean that much to me. That happened at Dave and Buster's. I um, I threatened to. I it was and it was because of a little bow wow. <laughs> of all things, I got to a fight with the manager over fucking little bow wow. No, I think it's just little bow wow. And it's just bow wow. No, it was fucking little bow wow that night. God damn it! All because he wanted to ride cinema ride. And you couldn't scam him out of money? No, I didn't want to scam him out of money. All the other black people were going to want to ride it 10 times more because he was in there. I was giving him VIP access. Okay. What does VIP access to the cinema ride at Dave & Buster's mean? All right. So there was a big box, basically, with hydraulics, and it followed a movie and made you feel like you were in it. This was cutting-edge technology 15 years ago, (laughs) right? I know it seems like something they have at every strip mall, which, yeah. And it had a projector inside, and it was 3D. It was a pain in the ass. So he wanted somebody from – to come from Dave and Buster's to go in there and, and be in there with them in case they had questions or in case they needed to get out, whatever. Because it's a closed box. <laughs> You're basically going in a box. You're getting closed in. And I was like, sure, I'll ride the fucking ride with some celebrity. I don't give a shit. Right. And the manager was mad that we had closed it off to just his little entourage. So he didn't want to ride with regular people. Of course not. Because you don't want to ride with civilians. <laughs> if I was famous, I wouldn't want to be around you regular people. Fuck y'all. I've already put you on the list as a as part of my rider when I become famous. I've already written one out that says Kenny's not allowed within 100 feet of me. That violates our contract. No, I have a whole separate contract with you. Yeah, I made you sign it while you were asleep. No, that doesn't count, it's sir. It's a thumbprint. Anyway, go ahead. You prove it. Prove you were asleep. Prove it. Anyway. <laughs> so talk about little so man. Oh, and originally it wasn't my idea to close off some ride. It was one of the, what we call the line managers. Okay. So, so a line manager tape, is just the lowest people. level basic manager. Right. Told me to put this guy in the right. Okay. I'm not sure if there's any lawyers in the Now That I'm Older audience that can chime in on the fact that a contract is completely null and void if I sign it in my sleep. But if there are, hit us up. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break. But when we get back, we discuss how Kenny and I both have let our jobs know when we were younger that we were not the ones to be fucked with. So check it out. We'll be right back. Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. The Epic Film Guys podcast is a film comedy podcast with two best friends celebrating everything we love about going to the movies. We've got great beer, amazing guests, and quirky characters unlike anything you've ever heard before. Well, I just assumed you were drinking that chocolate stout that you were going to make with the cheapest crap chocolate ice cream in a Miller Lite. I remember being a young man and my mother telling me I didn't have a name because I was illegitimate. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> Subscribe to the Epic Film Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you at the movies. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? Well, now you're in luck because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon exclusive content with stuff just like this. Why would you have fetuses as toys? In what sort of Russian nightmare cartoon do you have fetuses as toys? Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. I just, I know we're not supposed to get political on now that I'm older, but what the fuck is going on? 
So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. You cool, man? Like how? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you like podcasts? Do you like listening to podcasts? Do you have ears? Do you like Justin and Chrissy? The That's our names. I know. We have a podcast. It's called So I Married a Movie Geek. Check out this clip where we talk Star Wars sex. Nerd! This is, I don't know how to explain this articulately, but the, what quote unquote gives me lady boners as far as this goes is not a person and not like, especially not like a guy where, you know, like hair support or, or Luke or, you know, even if I swung the other way and said, Ooh, Leia. Hey, what do you watch? Two Ewoks like stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I mean. Little double Ewoks. If I, if, if I were going to go that route, I would just go for Chewbacca. Like, why do I need two stacked on top of each other when I can have Chewbacca? So you like movies? Do you like good times? Check us out. We're So I Married a Movie Geek at Movie Geekcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, all those other things. We'll see you at the movies. What's that mean you ink it? Well, it means that Holden draws the pictures in pencil, and then he gives it to me to go over in ink. Next. So basically, you just trace. It's, uh, it's not tracing, all right? I had depth and shading to give the image more definition. Only then does the drawing truly take shape. No, 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 no. You go over what he draws with a pen, all right? That's tracing. Anyway. <laughs> so talk about little so this man. Oh, and originally it wasn't my idea to close off Cinema Ride. It was one of what we call the line managers. Okay, so, so a line manager tape, is just the lowest people. level basic manager. Right. Told me to put this guy on the ride, show him the rides. Don't let anybody else on until he's done. There were only like four rides, and they're five minutes each, so it's like twenty minutes. Well, the assistant general manager gets pissed off about it, and he comes in and goes, "All right, open the lines back up." So I open the lines back up. And then the other manager comes back a few minutes later and goes, I told you to close these lines. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm fine. Close the line. <laughs> and then- <laughs> Did you get the memo about the TPS reports? <laughs> so, and I'm not the best employee at David Buster's. So I'm like, you guys do know this is just David Buster's, right? Like, if I get fired, it's like not even going to be like any tears. <laughs> I can go get another shitty job anywhere. This is not like a career path for me. I had the same conversation at Dairy Queen a couple of times. My manager came to me one time and said, somebody made a mess in the bathroom. We need you to clean it up, sir. And I said, my, my, I had a work permit. It said cashier food handler on the work permit. Because I'd asked my boss a week before this, one of the guys was coming in to do like maintenance work where he was like cleaning the fucking bath, like cleaning like the uh, back room and shit like that and unloading trucks. And I was like, dude, I could get some overtime and come in and do that. My my boss was like, "Uh, that's not your job description, sir. So he looks at me and goes, you need to go clean the bathroom. And I said, it don't say janitor anywhere on there. It says cashier food handler, sir. I'm not cleaning the bathroom for you. (laughs) And he goes, you can either clean this bathroom or you can, Doug, my uh, my old boss, Doug, looks at me and says, you can either clean this bathroom or you can leave, sir. And I said, Doug, I can just walk out right now. It's a lunch rush if that, you want me to. That was an amazing story. You broke into my story. Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> Shut you the fuck up. You just said the same thing kind of happened to me at Dairy Queen. You didn't have to tell us about Doug's name. Do you, guys remember, do you guys remember that time I stabbed Kenny? Like, I stabbed Kenny. Damn, they don't remember what the story was about now. So back to David Buster's with Little Bow Wow. You're talking about Doug Stoner. I'm talking about Little Bow Wow. God damn. So anyway. Both are local celebrities. 
No. <laughs> no. They are not on the same level. So <laughs> So then the, I get called to what's called the east end of the west, of the east west bar. That's the bar in the back where all the games are. Okay. Loud as fuck, annoying. The place where I'd never want to sit when we used to go over there and have drinks. I'm like, no, we're not going back there. <laughs> it sounds like a goddamn carnival. Except <laughs> <laughs> here where they watch sports. God damn it. So anyway, I get called over there and it's the AGM. And he's pissed. And I get it. <laughs> but I'm still just doing what the other manager told me to do. And he, he gets to the point where he's too and Dave and Buster's a stressful place for the managers. I get it. And he's like pissed off, probably doing coke. <laughs> he's like, damn it, if that line gets closed again, I'm going to whip somebody in. Before he can finish it off, I'm going to start to take off my goddamn shirt. I'm like, I'll fight you right the fuck here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know how important you think this job is to me, but if you want to get your ass whooped in front of all these people, we can do that right the fuck now. Don't say nothing about going out back. It's going to go down. Could you imagine? I was. I grew up in the household who it was. It's not a joke. It was legitimate. Of if you get into a fight, you better. You better. You don't have to win, but you better show up. You don't ever let anybody whip your ass. No, my dad was the opposite. He was like, if you get in a fight, you better whip. Oh, my dad told me if I'm losing to cheat. (laughs) My dad definitely was like, if you if you start getting in a fight and somebody has something in their hands or something like that, and you think, or if you even are in a fight, you think you're going to lose, you better find a way to win. Yeah, that's exactly what I was taught, and not because it was the macho thing. It's because if you go down, they can do whatever you want. So you didn't end up throwing any punches, though. Oh, at David Musters, no, he backed down right away because, like, coke or not. Again, most people are not my size, and if I get mad at you, it's very blatant. It's like <laughs> you're about to really get your ass whooped here, buddy. And you got these—you have to have respect to these people that work for you. I'm just going to be gone. You're going to have to come back in here. Yeah, you're going to have to show up tomorrow <laughs> with a fucking black eye. I make like nine dollars an hour. If you don't think—if you think nine dollars an hour is enough for you to talk to me the way you just did, I'm about to educate you on my on my worth. <laughs> I ended up watching that guy's kids later. Um, we're gonna we're gonna segue into he it. He was cool. His name was Dean. He was normally very cool. He's actually the guy that hired me. Well, uh, but that night he was stressed out and he just smarted off to me the wrong way, and I had to let him know. There's another manager named Rip who I really almost beat the shit out of. You, we've talked about Rip before. The small uh, Mexican guy, yeah, who, like who got, just, in a, he, got in a again, confrontation with way you. Way too serious about the job. Way well, too serious. I'm, I'm going to segue into a story that I had that um, I went to a job one time. It was a shitty fucking bullshit marketing job where I had to call companies and do surveys and shit like that. Well, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. I've talked about the, this bullshit marketing job on the show before. But one day I show up and uh, my boss had taken a vacation the week before and he was out of town. Um, so he was gone from Monday on. Well, Friday comes. My nose some- is so stuffed up. Sorry. Thanks, Kenny. <laughs> So we get to show up on I'm Friday. <laughs> Sorry. Just letting the audience know how I felt. Thanks, Kenny. We really appreciate that. Touch Everybody me. involved really appreciates that. They probably do. So Friday, we show up to go all get our checks. I and mean, it always was the same way. They'd give us our checks at uh, lunchtime at 11. And we'd all go to cash them at around 12 when we all would go to lunch. We'd shut the entire office down. So we go to the, the uh, bank and I hand my check to the teller and she looks Don't at me. Get your check. And just shut down. <laughs> well, they would always shut the office down at noon. The entire office shut down for lunch. Nobody had like staggered lunch times or any shit like that. So I go to the first union down the road, hand the lady my check and she goes, um, there's not enough funds in here to cover this. 
And I was like, uh, it's not need- my problem. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you need to run it again. <laughs> she goes, that's not my problem. She goes, uh, sir, I've run it three times. It's, it's not going to clear. Imagine the employee who got there right before you. They're all trying to sneak out the door real quick. Be like, <laughs> no, no, no. Nobody got their check cashed. Nobody's check got cashed. It'd be funny if that one person got there first, though, and there were like $1,000 in the account. So they got theirs, but the rest of y'all were like, uh, what do you mean there's no more money? If I were that guy, I would run. So I'm like 20 at this point, or 19 at this point, somewhere in there, living paycheck to paycheck. And if I don't have my shit on Friday, I can't pay the rent on Saturday. And in my head at 20 years old, I'm thinking they're going to throw me out on Sunday. So I'm fucking steaming. I mean, you did live in the shit. In the, in the in a, the, I lived in Section 8 housing at the time, okay? If they could find a reason to throw yeah. me out. So I drive back to the office, and I'm fucking steamed. And I walk in the office, and our manager, you talked about your manager a minute ago, Rip, who took things way too fucking seriously and, like, wanted the job to be really important to you. And you were like, dude, I don't give a fuck about this place. I mean, $9, again, $9 an hour. Fuck I show off. back up at work, and I, sit, I see our manager who's sitting there at the front desk. She was the receptionist slash office manager. And I'm like, uh, Kelly, we have a very serious problem. She's like, well, what's wrong? I said, my fucking paycheck won't clear, Kelly. She's like, well, okay, I talked to Joe about this. I was like, hold on, hold on. You knew the checks weren't going to clear? <laughs> and she fucked up and she said well i talked to joe about this no no, no i didn't know the checks weren't going to clear somebody else got here right before you and i was like uh-huh she goes well i talked to joe and he's going to be back on monday which means he can get you guys some checks on tuesday i said i looked at her in her eyes and i said kelly i'm going to say this very slowly so you understand if you don't get me some fucking money before the end of the day I'm going to back my Cherokee up to the front of this place, and I'm going to load as much money as will make my check up in You guys computers. remember when Shane got arrested for terroristic threats? <laughs> no, terroristic threats weren't a thing back then. I said, I'm going to back my Cherokee up to the front of this place, and I'm going to load as much computer equipment in my car as will equal my paycheck. And I'm going to take that Shane's shit. Shane's going to be getting mad, y'all. You can't see his face. He's reliving this shit and getting heated. I'm fucking red as I'm saying it. He does that shit, too. He did it at dinner one time. I'll tell that story next. <laughs> Me and Nikki made fun of him. So... <laughs> So I, I tell her, I'm like, dude, I'm going to load as many computers. And like other employees have started to gather around me because we've like become this united front. And we're like, Kelly, you need to get Joe on the phone again or it's <laughs> going to be a problem. And we weren't threatening to beat her up. This we poor Kelly lady. She just works there too. <laughs> God damn it. Her check probably bounced too. No, I have a feeling she got paid because uh-huh. she seemed very, she seemed oddly calm about the entire thing. So. What's well, she probably what? was an adult who knew she was going to get her get her money one way or another without having to threaten to steal the office. <laughs> I mean, fucking, what are you going to get? You fucking copier machine and take it to a pawn store? What was your big plan here? Steal you know, this... wheel out the break room refrigerator? Oh yeah, me, me and the guy I work with Tony were already talking about it, dude. I'm taking all the soda. What do you mean I'm only getting twenty dollars for this refrigerator, sir? It looks like you stole it from your break room, but, but well, it's not stolen. We repossessed it. Did you have a court order? No. Okay. We can't take this. <laughs> okay. So when did I get mad at dinner? Oh, we were in a Mexican place and you were recounting some story about me and you getting into a fight about something. <laughs> Just what some random. About? I don't remember what the fight was, but while you were telling it, you started working yourself up. <laughs> And at one point, you're like, never happened again. We're going to go outside. And I was like, no, we're not. <laughs> you're going to go outside. I'm going to call the police. My friend's threatening to assault me. Come arrest him. And your wife was like, yes, we're adults now, Shane. <laughs> That's no. the moment we had. We're like, oh, yeah, we are. We're real life adults now. We can't be rolling around in a parking lot. <laughs> I'll fight you in a parking lot. Are you stupid? 
the idea, I remember one time coming home and Nikki called <laughs> but, me on my cell phone. It's funny because we were watching you work yourself up telling the story. And we were like, <laughs> and you can see when I start. You can see when I start getting angry too because I start getting flushed it's and shit. It's not like me and, and like, Nikki didn't live with you for years. So we were like, here it comes. <laughs> I'll start getting flushed and shit and I'll start dropping bass in my voice and like, like, like pointing my finger and shit. Like, <laughs> he thinks I'm Christopher again. <laughs> I remember one of the adult moments where I realized I was an adult and I couldn't just go whoop ass if something really broke down. Um, we were coming home one time and Nikki had called me on the phone and said, our neighbor just called uh, Christopher an asshole and said he was going to whoop his ass. Yeah, that neighbor was annoying too. Yeah, but like I immediately wanted to go into fight mode and Kenny goes, dude, you own a home. <laughs> you got to pay a mortgage next week. you know." <laughs> and I live there too. That was important to me. I said, just call the police. So just call the cops, dude. You, uh, no, dude, I have to go. With, you can You can just call the cops, dude. You can just the, call. He the threatened cops. a child. You can call the cops on him. But but he threatened my kid. I have to get no no. Yeah, that's why you're calling the cops. <laughs> and I remember being halfway home, and I was like, you know, I should probably still go whoop his ass. And you're like, we're calling the fucking cops. They've been called, Shane. You're literally gonna be the one that goes to jail. <laughs> and then who's gonna keep your kid from getting his ass kicked? Because I'm just gonna take bets. I think Christopher could take him. <laughs> That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. I'd just like to remind the audience that for like an entire summer, you thought you were the crow. Hey, we have stuff we can talk about with you, too. And that's all the time we have. We're going to have to go ahead and uh, close that out right now. Let's see uh, see you now that I'm older this week. I know what I have to do, but... Going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter! It's in the past! <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. <laughs>